You know, I heard Skinner say the teachers will crack any minute. Skinner said the teachers will crack any minute. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. of Purple Monkey Dishwasher brought to you by Comedy Here Often Podcast Network of 604 Records. I am happy to be back talking to you. Um, You may have noticed that there has not been an episode for uh, a couple months now. So I just wanted to talk uh, really quick about that and uh, So this will not be your normal Purple Monkey Dishwasher episode. Today I will not be talking about The Simpsons. This will be uh, a little bit of an extra episode to explain uh, why I haven't been recording these podcasts for the last two months. Um, So, COVID, right? going through it and uh, it's a tough time for everybody and um, I think it's definitely tough on people who are going through mental health issues and I am very open to say on this podcast right now that I suffer uh, from mental health issues myself and it's a struggle daily for me. And it has been like that for uh, 10 years in various various severities, I guess you would say. Like, it's come and gone. Um, I've done treatments over the years, uh, different medications, different treatment methods. Um, other things work, like some things work better than others. But um, in in the end, I, I believe like there's no real cure and that the, the cure is just management. You have to manage what is going on. And um, over the last four to five months, I have not been able to manage my mental health very well. So... About four or five months ago, when I took this podcast, um, I was doing uh, decent, like uh, decently uh, better than what I was after. And um, I was very motivated. I was super excited to do this podcast and um, got seven or eight episodes in. And then I just... uh, I'm not going to get too personal on the podcast. Uh, just, I don't want to talk about um, family issues or anything like that. Um, but we had uh, death in the family. And uh, we had two deaths in the family. And uh, just a bunch of, of issues at home. And uh, I, I just couldn't bring myself to record the podcast. It was... And it was one of those situations where it's something I really wanted to do. I, I, I wasn't putting it off for the sake of putting it off or for the sake of uh, being lazy even. Like, I really wanted to do it. And I thought about it every day. And then I was just so uh, wrapped up in a depression that I couldn't even enjoy watching The Simpsons. And when I was trying to watch it, 
I'm trying to break it down how I normally would before a podcast. Um, that it just wasn't there. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Um, and that also happened to a lot of stuff um, in my life. Like uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I started around December. I like, and you know how the state is with stand-up comedy right now how hard it is to get a show. Um, so I had two really good shows booked in Kingston, Ontario, opening for Kenny and Spenny. And uh, I went to the first show and I crushed it, like literally crushed. Um, one of my greatest shows that I performed all last year. And then I didn't show up to the second show. Um, And that is a good example of how my mental illness affects me every day. I went from having like one of the greatest experiences I had that whole year, besides my son being born, and um, to the next night, not even wanting to do it again, not even wanting to leave my house. Um, I do struggle with, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into a diagnosis because I have been wrongfully diagnosed before. And that was a huge problem for years of my life is, um, they were treating me just basically for um, anxiety and it wasn't just anxiety or something deeper. And I'm going through therapy right now to figure out what it is. Um, it could be a possible bipolar diagnosis or a borderline personality disorder diagnosis. Um, So again, going years with that untreated uh, or not treated properly um, and also just being told that I'm socially anxious and that uh, I'm depressed kind of took its toll on my social life and took its toll on my um, self-esteem, I guess. And I get really down on myself when I... uh, I get in those moods, I just can't bring myself out of them to work on my stuff. And that's when I really know I'm in a deeper depression is because uh, comedy is always my thing and doing these podcasts is my thing. And um, if they're not bringing me joy then there's something wrong. Um, If it feels like a job that I have to do these, then there's something wrong. Um, So that being said, uh, I had to take a step back. It was a bigger step back than I I thought it was going to be. I honestly only planned to take a couple weeks off of the podcast, but then I also took weeks off of other things in my life. Like I, um, that was actually kind of part of it was I completely changed my life for over a month. Like I was kind of ashamed, not ashamed, but, uh, just really wanted to get out of the headspace I was in. So I kind of just stopped doing anything that I usually did in a pattern. Like I I wanted to change all my negative patterns. So um, not that this is negative, but one thing I used to do a lot was just like watch like a couple hours of The Simpsons a day. Now, normally when I watched it, I would take notes or I would uh, also write some comedy or or do something else. But... um, I associated that with like some of my just old behaviors. So I stopped watching the Simpsons for, um, 
what ended up being about two months until about a week ago. And, um, yeah, I realized that like that was probably unnecessary, but I believe that, um, just the thought process of wanting to get a new life, like wanting to get a new, uh, base to build off of. Now I can start watching the Simpsons again, you know? Um, and it helps, like, when you watch old episodes. I think that's a big thing. Um, I don't know if it's a nostalgic feeling. I think it is for me. When you go back and you watch those old episodes and you still laugh. But um, I'm happy to announce that I'm doing a bit better. Going through therapy. I am reaching out to people who I haven't talked to in a while. And I'm doing things like this, where I'm speaking out. And, uh, just being a little bit more vulnerable and just hoping that it can inspire someone else to reach out as well. Um, because right now I think we all are suffering from mental health issues and I'm not pigeonholing everyone into that. I'm saying that with COVID, it has just brought on issues that no one has had to deal with before in their life. So they're just anxieties at an all-time high, anger, nervousness, everything's uh, at an all-time high. So uh, I always think, what can I do to help out in these situations? Um, and part of my depressions and... Um, my episodes, how I like to call them, is when I come out of them, I come out of them with this crazy, crazy manic energy. And I get extremely motivated about stuff. Um, so last year, I put together a mental health awareness festival that was online featuring... 20 to 25 musicians, each doing a original live stream during the weekend. It was a three-day thing. And um, each person will play a couple songs, originals, covers. They'll talk about the songs. They'll talk about uh, what it means to them. They'll talk about how any experiences they went or any experiences they had with mental health, um, any advice. That's a good one. Um, people share poetry, people share, um, just experiences from their life. Um, and, uh, it was a huge success. That was last year. We raised $1,400 for the Kingston Youth Shelter and, um, 30,000 collective views, which was the big thing because the views, not that I normally care about views on any of my projects really, but um, 30,000 collective views was the big thing because this festival is mainly about mental health awareness and breaking the stigma and doing exactly what I'm doing now and reaching out and saying that um, I struggle and that's okay. Um, you don't have to be embarrassed. Um, we all go through these things on different levels and uh, in different times in our life. So this event aims to break the stigma by um, just bringing people from the community, well-known people from the community, and having them speak out as well. Um, so this last week, and why I haven't been doing the podcast as well, is I am putting together this year's mental health awareness event. Um, it's called It's All In Your Head. It will be available on Facebook um, through the Facebook group and also through my group, AB3 Comedy. Um, and I can put it through the Purple Monkey Dishwasher group as well. And... Um, also be available on all the artist groups and uh, just everyone sharing it around. Hopefully it gets around Facebook. And um, that is next weekend, 
April 23rd to 25th, starting Friday at 5 p.m. and going all the way to Sunday at um, 7 p.m., featuring 40 different musicians from Kingston. And I'm not going to take time here to name all of them, but it's just absolutely ridiculous to think that 40 people are coming together on a weekend for mental health awareness. Um, like, just think of that right there. Like, 40 people. I, I asked 50 or 60, 40 people instantly. Yes, I will do this because I struggle too. Like, think of that for a second. Like, yes, this means something to me. My brother struggles. Yes, this means something to me. I am bipolar. These are the messages that these people are sending me back. And it is, like, it just shows so much that, like, you look to the left of you, you know, you look to the right of you, look, you look behind you, you look in front of you. You're going to find someone who is struggling with mental health issues. So... This event this weekend it is going to be jam-packed with some of the best musicians in the city. We will also have some people uh, popping, popping in on live streams to do uh, some speaking, maybe a little bit of comedy, just change things up. And once again, this is It's All In Your Head on Facebook. And um, this event just means a lot to me. Last year, we were able to uh, raise money and raise those and uh, get those views. So we're hoping to raise a thousand dollars this year for Kingston Youth Shelter and Martha's Table, which is a organization that helps feed um, uh, anyone in need. So uh, we're hoping for that, and mainly we're just hoping that you tune in and. Uh, Hear some of these stories and hear some of these amazing artists. Um, so please forgive me. Please forgive me for not talking Simpsons today. And please forgive me uh, for taking a little bit of a mental health hiatus for my last two months. But um, after this weekend, which is the Mental Health Festival, um, everything will be back on track we will be back with new purple monkey dishwasher episodes uh if you would like to be on the podcast you can send me an email at ab3comedy gmail.com uh, send me your favorite episodes we can pick which one uh we would like to record and set up a time we can do a, a zoom chat um I, i've been bringing on comedians but i'd like to just get just random fans um perspectives and i think that'd be fun as well just to talk to the fans and uh, get them interacting with the podcast more so um thank you for listening uh and i am now going to cut to an actual interview that i did yesterday with the kingston live um radio show slash podcast and this um, it was a great interview. I loved it. Uh, these guys are awesome. Two, uh, two great guys from the city of Kingston. And during this interview, it will basically explain the whole event uh, and talks about a little bit of how I got into comedy and a little bit of what it's like living in Kingston, too. So I hope you liked the interview. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. An in-depth look into the first capital of Canadian music. Here are your hosts, Jackson Coulter and Reed Cunningham. Hey, Al, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, So Al has a a very sweet event coming up. Uh, Al Babcock, he's running It's All in Your Head, a mental health awareness event uh, with so many great artists going on over three days uh, in April, coming up very, very soon. And we're super stoked for it because we love a lot of the people on this lineup. Uh, And we want to share it with you because, you know, it's for a great cause. And it's just one of the biggest live stream events to go around in Kingston uh, for a while. So so we're super stoked about it. And we want to hear more about Al's backstory, uh, how he got into comedy, how he got into music promotion and, uh, you know, what this event means to him, what it's all about. So, yeah, um, Al, how, how, uh, tell us about your background and everything and how you got into standup. Uh, so I started standup comedy five years ago, uh, this March. So, um, I started at absolute comedy here in Kingston, um, just at a random open mic night. And, um, actually my start would have been, I, I went there as an audience member and then for some reason, just watching it, um, like it was my first time at a live comedy show. I think, I think I'd only seen it on TV before. And as soon as I saw it live, I just like something came over me that I needed to do it, that I wanted to try it. And I immediately got up from my seat and I went and asked for the manager, like immediately, uh, like my name was Karen. Like I just got up and I, I needed to speak to the manager and I asked him right then if I could have a spot and he gave me a spot in a couple weeks. I didn't have any jokes written down at this point. I had nothing prepared. And within those two weeks, I just dedicated myself to it. And the first time I did it, I just fell in love with it. And, uh, it just rolled from there. I just wanted to keep getting on the stage. So I, uh, I went from doing absolute comedy to starting um, my own comedy shows around Kingston. And I've worked with a lot of musicians through my five years. It's what I like to do. Um, Musiki is a big place that helped me start my career because there's not a lot of places to perform in Kingston at all besides absolute comedy, which is what I'm trying to change. Mm-hmm. But um, I would go into Musiki open mics every Tuesday and you would see all uh, some of these people who are on the lineup now, they, they perform at Musiki as well. And um, I would just go in and tell jokes and it would be, sometimes it would be really good and sometimes it'd be really bad, you know, cause you're going into an open mic where no one really wants to hear your jokes or they don't know if they want to hear your jokes yet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, you might be going up in the lineup after someone just played like you're beautiful by James Blunt. And now I'm going up and going to try and tell dark jokes in front of an audience. So, um, that was a lot of fun, but to sum it up, yeah, I, I just got into it. And then since then, because we don't have a lot of places to perform in Kingston for comedians, I've worked with a lot of, um, bars like the local music bars, um, you know, blue martini mansion, Tommy's, uh, the merch everywhere. And, um, that's basically what I'm doing now is running my own comedy events out of Kingston and trying to build the comedy scene and trying to bring more comedians here. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a little, cool. that's a little well, summary of what I've done. <laughs> it, it's almost like you're kind of creating your own scene within a scene that already exists. You know, there's the venues in town, but they kind of strictly, they like to host all, all sorts of live music. And there's so many musicians here that kind of know exactly where to navigate themselves. And you're, <laughs> you're a standup who wants to get into those venues where there, there are the stages, but you kind of got to, you know, create your own environment a little bit. Um, and, and are there a lot of people doing what you do? Like, it, it seems like it's, it's, a pretty niche pool of people in Kingston doing what, what you're doing right now. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. Like when I first started, there was, there's one other professional comedian in Kingston, uh, Ryan Denis and me and him do this like uh, to make money. Uh, we also do other things, but we're, we're professional comedians. Uh, there's about eight to 10 other people in Kingston who are, let's say like at the open mic level, like they're practicing, they're trying to get there. And, uh, but that's what I've been trying to do is like when I started, there was three of us, like three people from Kingston doing comedy. Mm -hmm. And the problem was there's no stages here. There's, there's nowhere to perform. Um, 
So me being in with the music scene, you know, I, that's kind of how I started doing it is I was just friends with a lot of musicians right. and I'd go out to a lot of gigs and I would support bands. And then I'd realize while I was there, like, Hey, I could do comedy at the mansion too. Like, and then how I've built my following too is based on musicians. Like I would go out and support, uh, anyone, um, Logan Brown, Lotus shaker, whatever. And next thing you know, Lotus shaker is at my show supporting me. Yeah. And it's just a big community. So I, I found that, you know, you know, this firsthand that the Kingston arts community is amazing. Um, it's full of ideas and very supportive, um, but there wasn't a lot for comedy. Obviously there's mm -hmm. tons of musicians, a lot of visual artists, a lot of uh, poetry and all that, but no comedy. So I'm just really trying to get that in there and, uh, working with musicians, like on this, uh, mental health event, I find just really works. Like, especially I've done a lot of um, shows as like an MC. So maybe, um, like a like the CGAI like radio fundraiser and stuff like that. Um, I would go up as an MC and tell like a couple jokes and then introduce the bands, and uh, that's a lot of fun. So it's always just finding new ways to get comedy out there without um, having to wait for you know a club to call me and say you have a gig. Yeah. Um, and so I've learned. I've learned a lot from musicians. Um, I've worked for both Kingston Punk Productions and Diamond Mine Productions, who are two of the biggest in Kingston for booking musical acts. And um, learned a lot from both Mark and Brandon on how to run shows. So I kind of took that get, experience. How did you get involved with that? Did you kind of just uh, just get your foot in the door, just trying to just help out with events? Or did, did you have a connection there? Yeah, literally kind of the same thing. Like uh, I would, I would always go to the punk shows and all the time that were at the mansion and everything. And then I think one time I just met Mark Garnis and I, I introduced myself to him and I told him if he needed any help, you know, putting up posters, setting up events, whatever, to just give me a call. And then he did. And I kind of just started volunteering for them. Mm -hmm. And then I did the same thing for Brandon and Diamond Mine too. And so I would just, you know, help him load up the stuff or load in the equipment, uh, help them, uh, promote online, whatever. And then Brandon ended up giving me some of my biggest opportunities ever. Like I've opened for Kenny and Spenny. I've opened for, um, uh, the trailer park boys and insane clown posse and stuff like that. Just because I've known, you know, because I had that in with Brandon too. So, uh, working with musicians has been like the biggest thing for me personally, that is like set me apart from other comedians that are doing this. And that's awesome. I mean, you know, just, I just wanted to applaud you. I mean, you, you comedians are a different breed and like you guys are, that's a lot of work and a lot of dedication to your craft. And it's just really cool to see that, you know, you see a, a group of people out there who need the support that, that you that you kind of got and uh you're sort of taking them under your wing making a circle of uh of comedians in kingston and you know stuff like that needs to keep going on uh, and that's kind of why we do kingston live it's mm -hmm. all about the music community for us um so this is a really great crossover uh i'm so glad we did this today so yeah just just thanks a lot for what you're doing man oh no problem man i love doing it and uh like i said like it's it when i started there was only like three of us doing comedy in Kingston. Now there's like 10 to 12 and it's definitely because of, you know, doing shows at Spearhead and doing shows at Tommy's and, and also that's a big thing is uh, helping out the community. So mm -hmm. I go into a place like Tommy's who obviously uh, with COVID and everything right now, they need as much help as they can get with, uh, with business. So maybe we can do, I just go in and say we can do a comedy night you know, we need a stage, you need some money for, uh, you need some customers. So let's work together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it really helps out the small businesses and everything. And it helps out, uh, just the arts community in general. So, right. 
And uh, Al, are you from Kingston? Were you born here or did, or maybe what brought you here? Yeah, I was born here. I, uh, lived out near Odessa. Okay. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, I lived near Odessa until I was 18 and then moved into Kingston. Yeah. Right. And so as, as a standup, you know, it's um, one of the things that I actually watched recently. I'm sure you've watched that the comedy store documentary that came out in yeah. the fall. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I learned from that was sort of how comedians work out the material. And a lot of it is just going to the venue trying stuff out <laughs> like just seeing mm-hmm. what sticks and then just keep honing that material and over and over and over again. And, and, you know, that's sort of obviously what you got to do. You got to keep trying out a joke, seeing what works. And, you know, I thought about that in the comedy store that they're in LA, right? So they're in a huge city where they're getting a different audience coming in all the time. Uh, we're, when we're near in Kingston, I was thinking like, does it, does that work the same? Does it work differently? Do you got to try new material all the time? So how, how is your, what, what's your process like of how you work out material? Um, so it can work differently. Um, I try to perfect my material. Uh, like you said at the start, I mean, I think every comedian has a different process. There's not one process. There's not one way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of comedians will write their entire act out and have it word for word before they go up. And some comedians don't have it written down at all. And they come off the top of their head when they go up on stage. Um, I like to prepare as much as possible, but to answer your question, I actually do find Kingston is a little bit different. Um, though we're kind of a small city, it's big enough that like, let's say I perform at Tommy's, um, and then I perform at Spearhead the next night. Right. There's going to be two different crowds. Like right. Spearhead's going to be like an older uh, kind of crowd, maybe 30s and 40s. Tommy's going to be more Queen students, younger. Um, so on a night-to-night basis, it can still be completely different. Right. Um, when you're performing at Absolute Comedy here, too, and you perform a couple of nights in a row, it's crazy how different the crowds will be. And uh, going back to testing out the material, it one of the hardest things is you might say a joke one night and it just kills the room. And then you go up to a completely different audience the next night and it bombs. Right. And then how do you judge uh, if you did well or not? So uh, the main thing, like you said, is to just keep getting up on stage and keep getting reps in. And it's hard because, you know, as a musician, um, if you play a song and you know, the audience kind of stops listening to you and just starts talking back and forth, you can kind of get away with that. You can kind of just like fade in with the rest of what's going on. But if you're, if the crowd's not into you, like it's bad. You're just standing there. You're just, yeah, you have to get out of it on your own. Like, so you must, you must have some thick skin, brother. Like, like did, did that kind of, was, was that there before you started doing stand up? Like, does, do you kind of just brush off? How do you deal with, with bombing and, and people just not digging you? Like, do you just kind of take it and be like, just learn from it? You know what, man, that's a really good question because when I first started comedy, I was like seriously socially anxious, like didn't, I had really, like, I was really diagnosed with social anxiety Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to leave my room. So like, that wasn't really the person that I was like, I wasn't the, um, just shrug it off. Like I did care what people thought about me. And then I think as like maybe like 10 or 20 sets in, I realized that I had something and that I was like, I did have some talent there. I wasn't just screwing around. Right. And, um, I was, I was having results. Like the crowds were loving it. So I think I built a lot of my confidence that I do have now from comedy. Um, it is, it's, I have thick skin now for bombing. If I say a joke and, uh, people don't laugh, I don't really care anymore. And sometimes I actually lean into that and kind of make a joke out of that in its own thing. Right. But like, um, it's really tough to build that thick skin. Yeah. Because you, you really, it's trial and error. 
like every single night. So. Exactly. And, and as you said, like it took you 10, 20 sets to kind of get comfortable with it. And mm-hmm. most people after like three or four sets will be like, well, I guess this isn't for me, you know, but you kept going with it. Like that. It just kind of speaks to your resiliency of how, like you had a goal in mind, you wanted to get good at it. And no matter what it took, like you, you just kind of stuck through it. I don't know if you guys have seen me perform live either, but I'm like, I have a different style to me where I'm very like jokey. And I, I have a, I like to say like, I'm, I'm a dark comedian, but I'm playfully dark. Yeah. So like my stuff's very witty and based on like wordplay, but I like to talk about, uh, you know, taboo subjects too with the funny like wordplay and kind of get you to laugh at something that you wouldn't think you would laugh at. That's my favorite thing. So sometimes doing that kind of comedy, yeah, it can end in complete silence, which is the worst thing. <laughs> if, some, if someone booed me, if someone like says you suck or booze me, at least I get a response. That's, that's, that's okay. But if you're just sitting there in dead silence after your joke, it's the worst thing. So people who get mad at comedians or get offended at their jokes, I always say the worst thing you can do to a comedian to get back at them is just sit there and not laugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, the worst. It's almost it's the worst. Like you're okay with causing some controversy as long as you get a critique or something. Yeah, exactly. As long as I get the feedback, I'm okay. If you came up and said, I didn't like that joke, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, just that, that feeling of, um, standing there and you think you like, and it's coming from your brain, right? Like it, it's, it's something you created. So you, you put it out there and then it's just silence. And it's the worst. It's like when you're bowling and like you bowl a gutter ball and then you have to turn around and all your friends, you know, they're all like looking at you as you walk back. It's like that. <laughs> That's but for like an hour long at a time. <laughs> oh, give me PTSD, man. Oh my yeah. God. I'd love to catch one of your live shows. Do you, do you have any plans uh, just before we get into chatting about <clears throat> the event coming up? Do you have any plans to do any stand-up live streams or anything like that? Uh, so coming, not live streams, but coming back from uh, COVID, hopefully in May, uh, I just actually secured the screening room in Kingston, the uh, movie theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to start doing comedy shows out of there. And you can have wicked, thir- 35 to 40 people still socially distanced and everybody can... Uh, you know, book their tickets ahead of time and everything. Um, it's going to be run just like a movie theater. Very cool. And that's what we're going to be coming back with in Kingston. And I'm also going to be still uh, doing the occasional open mics at Spearhead and Tommy's just so we can get practice in. Those are the best practice nights where we can just kind of throw some material out there and it doesn't matter, you know, if we uh, bomb or if we do that. Those are the best nights. But these theater shows, I really uh, at the screening room, I really want to like put on a real good, like professional quality show. Yeah. And I'll, once um, once like COVID's a bit better, uh, I'll bring in traveling acts from Toronto and Ottawa, like bring in some real good headliners too. So that'll help us really promote the Kingston comedy scene here. So thanks to the screening room for uh, helping me out with that because that's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, and that's yeah. a great connection. It, it's it's kind of cool to see that you're you're kind of doing a one set from a from bar or a venue and then going mm-hmm. into a to a theater and then trying to hone in on something totally different. Um, mm-hmm. That's a lot of work, brother. Like that's that's it's very cool that you're doing that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, so tell us about this live stream that you have going on. It's all in your head. Um, so again, Jackson, as Jackson said with all the live stream restrictions that are going on, we can't live stream in venues right now, which is, you know, we have our opinions Stupid. about that, but hey, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's great to see that someone is doing something because it's a lot of people have been kind of spent doing live streams in their living rooms, but it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to see that we're, that someone is, is taking the initiative to not only uh, get a, a nice live stream event up and running, but all, this is kind of going towards um, mental health awareness. So tell us about how you got this set up and, and um, all the kind of knickknacks of what's going on with this event. 
All right. So the event actually started three years ago um, at the grad club. And I did like an in-person, it's all in your head there. And there was, uh, at that point, it was three musicians. I think we had three people come up and speak, whether it be poems or whether they just share something from their life. And then I did some comedy plus I shared and it was just a great night. Like everyone who, I think grad club can only hold like 50 people or whatever. I think everyone who was in there, like people were crying. So it was a great night for just mental health awareness. And uh, from there I was booking it to be at the blue martini. Um, It was going to be a bigger show at the blue martini and then COVID hit. Right. So last year, I pivoted and came up with the online format and that's when everyone was kind of just started doing, you know, live streams and figuring out what they're going to do. So I got everyone together last year. I think it was 25 musicians last year uh, were involved. Same kind of format as this year. And it was just like an amazing success. Like everyone had a great time. Uh, over 30,000 collective views, which was the main thing um, because it's about mental health awareness and we're just trying to get the word out there. Right. So um, collecting uh, donations for Kingston Youth Shelter was just like a little side thing mm-hmm. to help the community. Mm-hmm. And um, we ended up raising $1,400 for that that That's weekend, awesome. which I, my goal was 500 yeah. So like for, it, it was, it, it, it blew expectations out of the water. And, um, and like we were saying at the very start, the performances themselves are just amazing mm-hmm. and hearing not only do they perform, like most people will play a song and then they'll talk a little bit, maybe about that song or they'll talk a little bit about mental health or, uh, the half an hour's theirs. Like, I give them the time slot and they're allowed to do whatever they want with it. So this year we have three days, it's 40 performing musicians alone and we still haven't announced any of the speakers or uh, anyone doing poetry or anything like that. So, so there's more to come. uh, Yeah. There's more to be announced as well. (laughs) Um, Because we also have, I get like a few of my comedian buddies from across Ontario and stuff and across Canada to send in a live stream just talking about um, mental health and comedy because there's a big um, a big correlation there Huge. between uh, a, a lot of us comedians have mental health issues. And uh, so a lot of us are into doing stuff like this. And um, the craziest thing to me about this event, and I, it hits me every once in a while when I'm putting it together, is just the fact that these 40 musicians, like 40 of them are all taking time out of their weekend. Like they're taking a part of their day mm-hmm. to do this. And like, that's 40 people coming together. Like, and when you think about it, like 40 people right there talking about how they go through mental health issues. So can, can every musician in Kingston have mental health issues? Like can every comedian, like it's, it's, so, you don't have to look far is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like you look beside you, look behind you, look in front of you. You're going to find someone who's dealing with mental health issues. This whole thing is to just try to break the stigma of talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have mental health issues myself and I like to, every once in a while, just put out like a Facebook status or something, just talking about how I'm doing. And usually it's, well, I'm not doing that well. And, um, I find that a, a lot of people, um, even though I know there's a couple people out there who are going to think, Oh, he's weak or whatever. You're so much stronger <laughs> for being vulnerable and showing that you're vulnerable. Yeah. So having 40 musicians, all 40 people who uh, are known in the community, um, reaching out saying, you know, it's not, um, it's not bad to get help. It's, you know, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. It just, it goes a long way. 
So again, like I said, we are raising money for um, Kingston Youth Shelter and Martha's Table this year. And my goal, since we got 1400 last year, my goal is $1,000. I'm still going to keep it low. I know it's COVID right now. Like yeah. you can't ask for too much from people. Totally. And, um, you know, most of us are broke musicians and stuff too. <laughs> so like we're, we don't have a lot to give. But if you can't give, the best thing you can do is just check out a couple of the streams on the weekend, share them. Uh, the share goes a long way because if you can't watch, maybe someone else can. And it, it also just, it, it's such a big thing to promote the Kingston, like, music um, scene as well. Um, and just shows how much talent there is in the city, really. Yeah, and every time I look at the lineup, I'm just like, wow. Like, most of these people could headline a show on their own. Yeah. You know, and there's 40 of them. And most, so, most people have. They do. That's it's. There's literally, it would take less time to name the musicians who are not on this event <laughs> than to name them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, there's some really, really great names. Um, yeah. Maybe we should name drop a few of them uh, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, sure. Um, just a few that I see here, like Brielle LeBlanc, uh, Jack Mead, Voyager, Ricky Brandt, Shook Planets. Uh, we got Owen Fullerton. Uh, Dan Taylor's on here. Uh, we didn't hear about that from Dan Taylor. That's exciting that, that he's on there. That's awesome. Miss Emily is on Saturday. That'll be amazing. Um, I see Tegan McLaren, Dennis Clark, Bon Evans, and Abby Stewart. I mean, these are some these are some really great names, and it's good. It's just it's just awesome to see. Yeah, like there is a correlation. It seems that you know of uh, mental health and uh, comedians, but like. Reed and I both know in the music scene decently well, and he's a musician. I'm a bit of a musician myself too. And it's like, yeah, I mean like a lot of these musicians deal with that same, that issue too. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's really cool to see this many people come together uh, and do something like this. Yeah. And, and especially in a time like now, right? Like we're, you're from promoting an event to raise awareness for mental health. And this is, we're at an all time high right now, especially in our community of people going through mental health issues, just with all these lockdowns and COVID and whatnot. Like I think it, we're at a very vulnerable point. So thank you so much for kind of putting this event to get, Oh, uh, I think I froze in there. No, uh, th th thanks so much for uh, putting this event together, man. And, uh, you know, doing what you do for the community. I think, I think this is really awesome to, um, you know, raise funds for these organizations, um, and just help people out and give people some joy in a really crappy time right now. Yeah, exactly. You just touched on it, man. Like if, if there's anything we can do right now to help people, like it's just try to, have a little bit of fun in our lives again. I mean, it's so hard. Everything's bad for everyone. And um, I know a lot of us, you know, a lot of us entertainers too, you know, going out to music shows was like my stress relief. You know, I loved going to see all the Kingston people perform. Yeah, man. Going to the mansion, going to the Blue Martini, going to the Toucan, whatever it is. And we can't do that right now. We don't know when it's ever going to return to like a normal thing. So we just got to pivot and try and continue to keep it going. Um, I think there's no matter what, as you've seen with all of us turning to Zoom and everything, um, there's always going to be a stage. There's always going to be a need for music and a need for comedy. Mm -hmm. Whether, uh, you know, it's always hard. It's always been hard for musicians to make money, but, um, it's, it's tough. Like it's, and I just, I just want to spread a little bit of positivity around. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, just tell people that there are options available and one of those options might just be reaching out to a friend and, uh, or even reaching out to someone who you've never talked to before. And, um, so I really hope this is a successful event. I really appreciate all the musicians for um, getting back to me like so quickly. I threw, I threw this event together in one day on Easter. Wow. Like, so, so like I talked to like 50 to 60 different musicians 
in like a three hour span. It was insane. That's crazy but, because this, that's funny. Cause this event kind of came out of nowhere. Like someone messaged us and said, Hey, like you should help promote this event. It's like, Whoa, this is, this is yeah. great. Like where'd this come from? This is awesome. Musicians on here. And we're like, I, I'm sorry. How did we, how did we miss yeah. this coming up? <laughs> I tend to do that. I think I, I had like a short list of like 40 musicians uh, that I knew I wanted. So I messaged them all. And then I think they started talking to other musicians. Yeah. And then I put out the original first post. And when I put that out, like 20 other music- musicians messaged me right away. It was like, I want to be part of this. Like, so it was just actually, it was just, it, it was fairly easy to put together now. We're still a week and a half away. I'm sure a couple of people are going to drop out. I'm sure there's going to be some times we're going to have to switch and stuff like that, but we'll deal with it. Yeah, I'm sure someone's live stream is going to go down. Like it, there'll be problems, but we're yeah. going to deal with it. So, so then, um, just just before we end off, um, yeah. why don't you make a plug for the event and just just tell people how they can access this event. Um, and is this on Facebook? Is this on a website? Like, how, how can people na- navigate this event? Okay, so the event is It's All in Your Head on Facebook. It has its own group and uh, event where if you go to those, um, the all the live streams will be broadcast in the group and on the event page. Um, the broadcast will also be on my page, my AB3 comedy page. And also shared on to whoever's performing their personal pages and their band pages. So there will be about six different places you can view the actual live stream. But the best place to see it would just be to follow It's All In Your Head, uh, the event on Facebook. And then I will be posting every single live stream in order as they come up. Awesome. That's the best way to watch the event, I believe. Well, let us know if you want us to share it on our pages too. Like we're, we're happy to promote this event. Like we want to, we're basically going to be covering this whole event on Sunday on this, on our CFRC show. So, um, yeah. So just let us know, um, if, if how else we can promote, we, we always love promoting the Kingston music scene and it's kind of, we've never talked to a comedian before. So it's kind of nice to like bridge that gap and, and know that like, this is a, a community full of so many artists, uh, that we, we love helping promote, man. Yeah. Oh, thanks, it's man. It's great. Yeah. You've been it's, awesome. Uh, it's been fun. I, I'd like to come back sometime too. And I, I uh, just, thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing me on. I really appreciate it because it's yeah, a good sure. cause and, uh, I, I love talking to musicians. So, well, and just before you go, uh, just, uh, plug a little bit, how people can find you and your pages and, uh, and, and all your comedy, uh, on Facebook, actually on every social media at AB three comedy, stands for Alfred Babcock, the third comedy, um, AB three comedy, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I have three podcasts. Uh, one, one podcast is a Simpsons podcast called purple monkey dishwasher. I have my own podcast, professional amateur, where I interview um, comedians and then I have another podcast called jokes and chokes where I talk about MMA with my best friend and uh, yeah that's it it's the AM.